happy girl. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, where we believe that all of us have to come to Jesus like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Our highest priority is making God real in your life. Whether you are listening in our app, in your favorite podcasting app, or on our website at watwm.org, we invite you to sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Come join Kim Miller of Woman at the Well Ministries as she takes us on a journey through the scriptures, discovering God's invitation to all mankind. Jesus invites us to not only accept him as Savior, but also to accept his invitation to follow him. The table is set, the price has been paid, and now the choice is yours. What will you do with Jesus? You may think that by ignoring him you are okay, but the truth is a non-response is a no-response. And the only acceptable answer is to receive him as Savior. Come join Kim of Women at the Well Ministries as she takes us on a journey through the scriptures, discovering God's invitation to all mankind. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries. And I'm so excited that you have chosen to spend this time with us to learn of God and to allow him to change your life. I would like to pray. Our kind and most gracious, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are asking for your presence in this message. We are asking you, Lord, to show up in great and mighty ways in the hearts of every person that hears it. Lord, this is a serious message that we need to deal with. And I pray that you would give every person within the sound of my voice the courage to honestly reflect within themselves that they may know you as personal Savior, that they may develop a relationship with you that is true and real and fully trusting you, that they depend upon you and rely upon you for all things. Lord, I want to thank you for being willing to allow us, though we fail miserably and no doubt did not hold true to the path that you've asked every believer to, to hold. But you made a way that though we fell and we were sinful and wicked, that we would come and be reconciled to you because you love us that much. Lord, I want to thank you for sending your son to die on the cross in my place. I want to thank you for loving me enough to hold my hand and lead me to life everlasting. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. In our lifetimes, we are invited to a lot of things. Sometimes it's a party. Sometimes it's something very formal, like a wedding. 
There are a lot of invitations that we receive, and no doubt all of us at some point have RSVP'd for an invitation and then didn't show up. Some of us receive the invitation and we just ignore it. And if it's something that we are supposed to be at or something that is important for us to be at, then the host will contact us again or maybe even multiple times and ask us, hey, are you coming? Hey, I need to know. I I need to prepare. And most of the time, the consequence for not going or not preparing to go or not even RSVPing back, it really doesn't cause us a lot of trouble. But there's an invitation that has gone out to each and every one of us. And you can't ignore it and just throw it away or put it on a shelf or attach it to your refrigerator in hopes that it makes you remember. And just like the host who's going to come and repeatedly ask you, Are you coming? I need your RSVP. We need to know. Constantly trying to get you to come to this event, to get you to accept the invitation. Because to the host, it's important. And the host believes that it's important to you or that it is something that will benefit you. So they're really trying to get you there. Just like that, the invitation that Jesus has to come unto him and to follow him is one in which the Holy Spirit will continually put you in a place, continually draw you, continually put themselves in front of you and give you an opportunity to receive the invitation. See, the invitation that we're talking about is the invitation to come to Jesus. And the table is set for the great marriage supper of the Lamb. The price has been paid, and now the choice is yours. You've got to determine what will you do with Jesus. And today is one more day, one more time, that the Lord has brought you face to face with his invitation. And the invitation that we're talking about today has far more importance than any other invitation you've ever received. Because your answer to the invitation of whether or not you will receive Jesus as Savior and follow him has eternal consequences. The only responsible decision and the only acceptable decision that you can give to the question of what will you do with Jesus, will you accept the invitation as Savior for him, is yes. See, because when you ignore this invitation, you're simply responding no. 
The choice is yours because the table's been set. So let's look at the first part of the invitation that Christ gives us to come to Jesus. In John chapter 3 and verse 16, perhaps the most widely repeated scripture in history, says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Thus, once again, you stand in front of Jesus with his arms open wide, his nail-scarred hands, asking you to receive him. See, the work has already been done. Unlike the formal event or formal gathering you have to go to, you come to Jesus as you are. You don't have to get dressed and get yourself straightened up and get all your ducks in a row. No, he does that when he washes you with his blood. Jesus is bidding you to come to him. In John chapter 4 is the account of the woman at the well. And in verse 10, he says to her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. So the account in John chapter 4, the woman at the well is coming to the well, and you need to know the backstory. This is how much Jesus loves you because he's no respecter of persons. What he did for her, he'll do for you. And so Jesus comes to the well, and he had to go through Sychar, and he knew that people there were trying to kill him. But yet he goes and he sits and he waits. And here she comes with an empty vessel. And see, Jesus was a Jew and she was a Samaritan. And in the world, people didn't mix. But you see, Jesus sees everyone as the one he loves, the one he died for. He doesn't have these prejudices. And so Jesus is waiting for her. And he's waiting for you right now. And Jesus speaks to her and he begins to talk to her. And she's wanting water in her vessel. But Jesus is saying, hey, if you just knew who I was, you would know that I could give you water and you would never thirst again. Friend, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the greatest friend you'll ever have. Jesus is reaching out to you right now. He wants to reconcile you to him. And just like the woman at the well came to him and received the gift of living water that he had for her, you too must do that. For you see, everybody has to come to Jesus the same way the woman at the well did. 
And when the woman at the well comes to him, she is coming at noonday because she doesn't want anybody to see her. And she knows that she has lived a life that is sinful and wicked and much different than what Jesus would have her live. But he's waiting for her. He's put himself in harm's way to get there. And when she comes to him, she begins to talk to him. He is talking to her and giving her words of life. And he's meeting her where she is, just like he's meeting you where you are. And so he says to her, go tell your husband. And she says, Lord, I I don't have one. And she begins to speak to him about all the men she's lived with, including the man that she's living with now. And Jesus didn't ask her that question to trip her up. He said that to give her a chance to repent and to allow her to know, I know who you are. I know what you've done. I know where you've been. But I'm here waiting for you anyway. I have put myself in harm's way for you anyway. Because what you've done and where you've been and who you are right now is not what's important to me. But what's important to me is who you are in me and the fact that I love you and that I care for you and that I created you in my image and all your past is just the past. But when you come to know me, you'll be a new creature in Christ Jesus. And he says to her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall never thirst again. And she leaves a changed woman. She's no longer the person she used to be. In fact, she leaves and she says, come see a man who told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Today we come to you presenting you that same Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Many of you are tired. And you're weary. Believer and non-believer alike. Those of you who don't know Jesus as Savior, you're tired of bearing all the burdens alone. The things of this world are beginning to weigh heavily on you. And yet you are so self-reliant that you will not turn to Jesus. And the longing that you have in your heart that can't be satisfied by alcohol and it isn't working it out, isn't doing anything, and the wicked pleasures of this life are not satisfying it because you have a hole in you that was created in you by Christ Jesus and there is nothing in this world that will satisfy you but a reconciliation to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who has bought you with his precious sinless blood and is standing in front of you and asking you to receive him as Savior. See, today is the day you can do that. Today is the day that you can find that satisfaction that only Jesus can give. But I'm afraid there's some believers here who are not fully relying on him, who are not fully trusting in him. And you've just not surrendered your whole self to him. Maybe you don't like what he says about how to handle the situation. Or maybe you're just too self-reliant and can't give control to someone else. Or perhaps even it's that 
you are not happy with what he's asking you to give up because you like it more than you love him. But let me tell you that your sinful nature and your sinful wicked ways are going to lead you to death. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is so important that you understand that sin brings death. That the word of God contains the very same verse in both Proverbs 14.12 and in Proverbs 16.25. And it says, There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. God wants you to escape the penalty of sin. So much that he gave his life that you might have the ransom to do so. See, your flesh and your wickedness, and even if you're one of those people who do everything and you seem like a great outstanding citizen, but you are still not depending on Jesus Christ, you too must come to the well and drink of the water of life from Jesus because it is only a true, full commitment, dependency upon him that will save your souls because we can't save ourselves. But the story of sin ending in death, doesn't have to be that way. Because God offers us a free gift of salvation. In Ephesians 2, 8, 9, he says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Make no mistake, you're going to live for eternity. You're either going to live in heaven, or you're going to live in hell. And Jesus did not mean for any of his people that he created in his image, which is every living human being. He did not mean for that person to ever spend time in hell. God isn't sending anyone in hell. Don't let the devil dupe you with that statement of, well, if God is such a loving God, how could he put me in hell? He doesn't put you in hell. That's a choice that you are making. And today, You don't have to ignore God's plan of salvation. You don't have to ignore his free gift of salvation. Because you can receive it because he's there. In front of you now. Pleading for you. To give up. The reign of your life. To give up. Chasing after these unsatisfying things. And to receive him as Savior. The price has been paid and the invitation is sent. Believe on him today and live eternally with Jesus. In a home not made with hands. Eternal into the heavens. See the riches of this world will satisfy you only but a moment. Because there is sin. There is pleasure in sin for a season. See, you have to deal with this question right now. What will I do with Jesus? And you often say, well, I'm having too much fun right now. When I'm older, I will do it. Well, things in my life aren't quite right right now. I'll do it later. See, the problem is later may never come. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but those of us who have given our life to Jesus Christ know who holds tomorrow. See, salvation is much more than fire insurance. Yes, it'll get you out of hell. 
but it is not its only purpose. See, when we come to know Jesus, he never leaves us nor forsakes us. And he gives us peace and comfort and joy and instruction and direction and amazing grace and abundant mercy to live this life right now. I have never met a person who ever regretted giving their lives to Jesus. But unfortunately, I've met many who wish they had given it to him earlier. So you don't have the promise of tomorrow. And the invitation to come to Jesus is now. Because 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. There is nothing in this world worth missing heaven for. Did you hear me? There is nothing in this world worth missing heaven for. This invitation that Jesus gives us is one that keeps on giving. Not only does Jesus ask you to come unto him, he will give you rest for your souls when you do, but he also invites you to follow him. He's told us he'll never leave us nor forsake us, and he's always with us through the storm, through the night, throughout our whole lives, but we must follow him. I bring your attention to Peter on the water. When the storms got rough, he was already there. Peter didn't have to bid for Jesus to come and get there. Jesus was in the midst of the storm. And when Jesus said, come, Peter followed. And he was safe when his eyes was on Jesus. And he could do impossible, amazing things. That's how our life is. When we are centered on Jesus and we are in the center of his will and we are focused on him and we continue to follow where he is, he's going to lead us into the way everlasting. But when we take our eyes off of him, just as Peter did, we will sink. You see, but Jesus said to follow him. And he tells us in Matthew 16, 24, that if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You got to believe. All things are possible to him that believes. But believing is more than just saying words or having a valuable knowledge about Jesus. It's fully trusting him. Putting your faith completely in him. This is the kind of faith that causes you to submit to the Lord. To put your life fully in his hands. Understanding his ways are higher than your ways. And he's right whether or not you like it. Whether or not you get what you want. Or whether or not you agree with what he says. True faith knows that God is God. No matter what. And places him fully and squarely in the center of his life. I want you to understand what I'm talking about, about trusting faith. I want you to picture in your mind, sitting in a room, the door is shut, and suddenly, unfortunately, a fire breaks out. And you look at that door, and you know that on the other side of that door, there's freedom and escape from the fire, you know that if you get up and turn the handle, the door will open and you can walk out. But my friends, you can know all of that. You can believe that freedom is on the other side. But until you get up and turn the handle and walk through the door, you are going to perish in that room with all the knowledge and all the information needed to have escaped that fire. Friends, this is where you're sitting today. 
You have all of the information and knowledge of God. You know what Jesus has done for you. We just spoke about it. But yet you are not trusting fully in him. Believer, you have the information of the promises of God, yet you are not embracing them and allowing them to give you the peace that God wants for you, to allow you to live the abundant life that God is asking you to live. You've got to live his commands through the power of the Holy Spirit, not to work your way into heaven. James tells us clearly that you can't do that. But your works are going to show your devotion and your commitment and your love to the Lord. When you love him, you are going to want to do things for him. The choice is yours. The invitation has been sent. The price has been paid. There's a seat waiting for you. What will you do with Jesus? God is in this place. He's in this message. He's searching your heart and speaking directly to each of you. Some of you need to come to him as a sinner in need of his grace and his mercy as Savior. Some of you need to allow him to save you from your sins because there's no other way to be saved. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Some of you need to surrender to him. You've got something in your life that's causing you not to follow where he leads. Perhaps you love a sinful habit or a way more than him. But here and now, you can give that to Jesus and let him be your Lord and master. Some of you may be wrestling with a call in your life, searching for a purpose and a meaning in Christ. He's here. He's talking to you right now. And the invitation is strong and it's true. He's inviting you to come to him and to let him lead you in the way everlasting. He has the answer to all your questions. And he is the answer to your life. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. There's coming a day when the very last person's name will be recorded in the Lamb's book of life. And at that time, Jesus is going to step out on the clouds of glory, and he's going to call his children home. And they're going to be a great big feast, and the bride of Christ, the church, those who've made their calling and election sure, will be joined with Jesus at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And there's a seat at that table with your name on it. Will you be there? Will you receive his invitation of salvation? I encourage you as God leads you. Right now at this moment, I don't, I don't care where you are, whether you're driving in your car, or you're sitting at home, or there's people around you. Do business with Jesus. Because you don't have the promise of tomorrow. And the invitation is still open. But it's too late when Jesus comes because the invitation will be closed. And you don't have the promise of tomorrow or even the promise that you will have this moment again where you fully understand that the invitation is for you. 
and that you have to do something with the question, what will you do with Jesus? He's paid the price. The ticket's yours for the asking. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that you would deal with every heart. And I pray that you would take the broken words of this message and you would let it penetrate the walls of the heart of everyone who's listening. And Lord, that you would speak to them directly and specifically about what their needs are. About whether or not they need to come to you as Savior. Or Lord, if they just need to draw closer to you and allow you to be Lord of their lives. Regardless, I know that you are here. I know that you care, and I know you're reaching out to them. Lord, give them the courage and the understanding to say, Lord, save me. I am a sinner who can't make it on my own. I've come short of what you've asked me to do because on my own I do not have that ability. But I am coming to you who shed your perfect sinless blood for me that I might receive you and the washing of my sins that though they be scarlet, they're white as snow simply because of I believe because you've done the work, you've paid the price and the invitation is mine and I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store or through our website at watwm.org. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash watwm. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father. And it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. To learn how to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the Gospel Group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved.
happy girl